Welcome to the Body Electric Podcast, episode 13, for September 17th, 2015. Uh, my guest today is alto saxophonist Jake Kaufman. Uh, Jake is a killing ear player who has a passion for bluesiness and comes from a very musical family. Uh, he released an album last year with Bernie Sinensky, Neil Swainson, and Morgan Childs entitled The Jake Kaufman Quartet. Um, the podcast was off last week. I was moving into a new apartment. I had to set it up for living and for teaching. And uh, so I apologize for that, but I just had so many things to do, I couldn't make it. Uh, but we'll be back on uh, for the next couple of weeks with uh, lots of great special guests. So thanks a lot for listening and uh, enjoy the podcast. All right. Testing. What's up, Jake? Oh, not much. How are you, Nathan? I am very well. How are you? I'm very happy to be here today. <laughs> Is that your... Uh, <laughs> Podcast voice? This is my news anchor. Um, ah, news yeah. anchor. Ah, yeah. Jake Kaufman, Action News. Yes. I like that. That's cool. No, I'm great. I'm happy to be here. This is your lovely uh, new home. Yes, yes. You, you, you helped me move in, so yeah. I really yeah. appreciate that. That's yeah. uh, You're responsible for all these boxes that are surrounding us everywhere. Exactly. I was happy to help. I'm uh, looking forward to seeing the end product. Yes, yes, I'm looking forward to making that happen. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so it's great to have you over again. Thank you very much. Yeah. So, um, how's your summer been, man? How's the uh, saxophone been treating you? Oh, the summer has been uh, has been great. Um, it's still beautiful outside right now, so I don't, I mean, it's still summer. I like, I like to, I like to try to take every, every last drop of it. So, until the, until the, sept until September 21st, I think, uh, then it's officially fall. But, right, right. Um, it was great. The saxophone has been a lot of fun. Uh, mm -hmm. It was, I had a, Pretty busy, uh, pretty busy summer until I headed off. I went to England for two weeks for oh, cool. my my sister-in-law's wedding, which was a lot of fun. Right. But uh, up until that, it was it was great. I was you know getting enjoying every little bit. You've been back and forth to England a bunch, right? In yes. The last yeah, because yeah. Um, what, well, my wedding was in April, mm. as we all know, which was uh, beautiful. But um, <clears throat> I was there last summer as well mm. because well going through the whole process of uh, immigration wasn't the most fun. You know, you kind of got to, you're only allowed, she was, my wife was only allowed to be in, the sun, in, in Canada for six months at a time. But right. anyway, she had this uh, vacation planned before that. So we right. we went to uh, we went to England in last July and we went to Spain for a couple of weeks with her right. family and then came back. And then we were back in April and then I was back in August again. So right. the Did bank account is hurting. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did you manage to check out any jazz over there when you were there? Um, I didn't get to see anything, but I actually did get to hook up with a, couple, with a few guys, a few players, when I, um, some local players in, in Nottingham. Oh, wow. Um, to my surprise, they were, they were quite, uh, quite good players, you know, it was a lot of fun. Cool. I, I got in touch with them and, uh, we, they had, were renting a little studio that they had access to. Mm -hmm. And we went and we did a session, and then I went back a few days later and we recorded it. So next time, hopefully, we can get, I can get, uh, some gigs out of it. And we'll oh, that's out. great. They, they know some, some people, so do a little, um. A little tour or something of uh, Nottinghamshire. Right, right. It'd be nice. What, uh, so, how did the scene seem like over there? Like, what was their kind of style? Um, surprisingly, it was the it was very similar. Uh, I mean, you know, we all we all know the same tunes. We all kind of live in the same the same struggle. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> they just uh, they do. They were, it seems like they were doing a lot of weddings, and um, mm -hmm. there was a jam. I think that they were doing maybe every Wednesday for. Um, just a regular, you know, jam night, and uh, right. it seems like they had students, and you know, just, just it's very similar. They're teaching and trying to do any sort of gigs that they can find, and right, right. they got the wedding things going. Weddings going right, and, and so for you, stuff. was was jam sessions kind of something that you did when you're coming up? Like, is that something you've been into? Uh, I yeah, um, more recently than than before. Actually, I I somewhat missed out on 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 really. Taking advantage of the jamming, I think when I was um, in my earlier years, I was a bit. Um, for some reason, I was a bit. I, I just didn't want to go to a jam session and, and not have any tunes and not you know know any tunes and people call tunes that I didn't know and I'd be all embarrassed and I didn't know them. So I, for 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 the first couple of years, I was a bit scared of going to jam sessions actually. But oh. recently, I found out that that is um, a very silly thing to do because you know people just want to play music and have fun, and that's the place to learn is at the jam sessions. I think that's where you can learn to, tunes. Yeah, you get the idea. You know, you learn from everybody, and you've you've learned tunes that you would never would have known in the first place, right? Yeah, so. yeah. I like I like kind of getting my ass kicked at a jam session. Exactly, it was always like some of my favorite experiences, like not mm -hmm. knowing the tunes and then going home and figuring it out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, 
So over the last few years has been been good with mm -hmm. that. I love to go to the jam sessions. And so, like at this point, what have you been working on on the saxophone? Like, what kind of things are you interested in? <laughs> well, um, I'm just trying, really, just trying to learn some more tunes. Because I'd love to build my repertoire. I want to be one of the guys who just knows every tune, you know, because there's mm -hmm. there's too many to know. So. I'm trying to trying to you know maintain the ones that I do know and obviously learn more mm -hmm. um, and you know obviously I I always like to um, every practice session I like to start with long tones and and work on the fundamentals make sure my fingers are working nicely I got you know all my different exercises I do you know <clears throat> lots of diatonic stuff I do mm. chromatic exercises you know hexatonics and all that kind of thing. Hexatonics? Some, you know, triads. I like to work on triads. Uh, is that scales made of hexatonic two is triads? A, uh, yeah, it's, um, yes, exactly. It's, yeah. it's, it's a six note scale pretty much, right. but you, it's just two triads. You can, right. you can do any kind of triad, you know. Mm. I like to take two major triads and, you know, mm -hmm. a whole tone apart or anyway, there's, there's lots of different combinations. Right. But, um, you know, and, um, oh, um, yeah, obviously learning tunes. I, I, one thing I want to get back into badly is, is lifting solos again because that's all I used to do when I was younger, uh -huh. and I think it's the best thing to do. And I've just got to get back into it. So right. I'm looking forward right. to, to getting. Cool. And, and who it. did you study with? Like, who did you study saxophone with? Um, at Humber, I well, when I was in grade eight, I had my first very, uh, my first lesson ever with John Johnson, oh, who was wow. like my hero because mm -hmm. you know he's a family friend as well, and he came over. I never, I pretty much didn't play. Just mm. starting, and he was just sound amazing, you know. So mm -hmm. I got inspired, um, and I think I had maybe one in grade eight and then another one in grade nine, you know. So I, I didn't take uh, study lessons, but that was my first kind of uh, lesson experience with him. And then I was in bands and stuff all throughout high school, playing like you know tons of different rock bands and hip hop and all sorts of things, you know. Um, gigging actually quite a lot in high school. It was fun because we you know we had lots of steady gigs and. Mm. Um, all that sort of thing, um, but then I didn't actually start taking lessons again. I knew I was going to go. I wanted to go to Humber. Um, I knew I wanted to go to music school, so I started taking lessons with Don Englert in grade twelve, mm. just to kind of like you know. I don't think I. Actually, that's a, that's a lie. Sorry, I'll backtrack. I did go to the Humber Community College in grade ten. Oh, okay. For one year, yeah, and I studied with Dave Neal there. Oh, okay. Um, you know, he got me learning my major scales and everything, which I was hesitant to do because I was just a bratty high school kid who was concerned more with, uh, you know, other things. So anyway, so um, Dave Neal, and then I, I did that, and then my, the band I was in, we were, I, I think I thought it was a bit too cool, um, just because we were, you know, playing gigs and all that stuff. So I didn't actually go back there in grade 11, which I highly regret, because uh, I could have learned a lot more, from, I'd have gotten more out of that. But in, um, in grade 12, I then started taking lessons with Don Englert, mm. who is a great teacher, great guy, love him. Uh, for several months just to prepare me for to audition to, to mm -hmm. music schools, mm -hmm. um, in which case I ended up going to Humber College, where I finally studied with, uh, sorry for dragging this out. No, no, take yeah. your time, man. I studied with, in first year I studied with John Johnson again, because I was like, oh yeah, uh, why, why wouldn't I? And then <laughs> second year I studied with Alex Dean, and third year I studied with Mark Promain, mm -hmm. who's a genius, and then, uh, well they're all geniuses, and then in fourth year I studied with uh, Kirk McDonald, which was a great experience. Wow. Yeah, well, there's too many good teachers. I, but I also, you know, all everybody at Humber is, you learn from something. I had classes with, you know, master class with Pat LaBarbera and, a few other, and I think another class with him. I also had um, advanced improv with Kirk as well. Friday was like my Kirk day. I had my advanced improv and then a half an hour break and then I'd go have a lesson with him, which was amazing. Mm -hmm. um, oh man, all the teachers, Andy Ballantyne, um, <clears throat> Denny Christensen, of course, I got to be in the in the Humber Studio Jazz Ensemble mm -hmm. for three, second year, third year, and fourth year, which was a great experience. Right. And so all those, that's a lot of different saxophone teachers that you had. Oh man, yeah, so, for sure. And so John Johnson and Don Engler, they're kind of uh, beautiful technique and tone mm, kind yeah. of guys, right? Like they do some shows, is that right? Uh, yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah for and sure. studio stuff. Mm -hmm. Kind of known for that, right? Yep, yeah, totally. Yeah, John's a, just a great doubler. Like he can do anything. Right. Uh, any style, any, any anything you, he's very mm -hmm. versatile, mm -hmm. which is a good thing to Right. Yeah. Right. And so has that, do you feel like that's uh, changed your approach to the saxophone, studying with those kind of players? Um, yeah, it's in, in some way. I'd like to try to be able to, in general, just be able to 
can it play any bag, right? Like that's mm. the that's the goal. I, I love jazz is my my favorite obviously thing to play. I can be the most expressive and I can have more of a role, of course, um, mm -hmm. in the band. But I'd like to be able to you know play some commercial stuff if I want to. You know you gotta you know you can change up your sound, your mouthpiece, your reed combination to you know sound different mm -hmm. and just cert certain techniques that you can do to just to blend in with uh, any style. So yeah, I got the you know John is is great with that. I got. Right. To learn some of that stuff from cool. him. And, um, yeah. Yeah, great, man. <laughs> well, why don't we just play something? Let's play something. I'd love to, yeah. Yeah, why not? What do you want to do? Uh, let's do... Oh, man. Um, what if we do um, All the Things You Are or On the Sunny Side of the Street? Sure. Which sure. How about... Uh, that's a little dry. Let's do yeah. All the Things. Okay. Should we do the... Intro and outro? Why not? Okay, why not? Alright, let's stand back here.
Yeah. Oh, that was fun. Beautiful, <laughs> man. Beautiful. Oh, that's it. Playing the music always makes you feel better, doesn't it? Oh, man. Totally. Totally. All my nerves have washed away now. I feel like I can be oh, myself finally. That's great. Sorry for the first half of this interview. No, no. <laughs> it's all kidding. good. Just kidding. Yeah, man. I love your sound and your and your time. Like, I always feel like oh, you're an ear player. I always hear... I feel like you're just going with your imagination all the time. I don't really hear licks, per se. I oh, just well, hear, thanks. Like, well, I am You know? Yeah, that's always been a, actually... Um, Somewhat of a curse of, of, of mine because I, I rely, well I used to, I rely too much on my ear, um, well I used to rely too much on my ear and then I wouldn't really practice stuff that I needed to because I, you know, I would, I would only, you know, certain things came I think easier to me mm -hmm. um, than others. So <clears throat> I kind of felt like, oh that's okay, I'll just, you know, I'll use my ear and I'll, I'll do what I, what I do and then I, but I really, this I'm talking, you know, when I was younger, um, I wouldn't really put in the work that I needed to, to, to get beyond that level, right? Mm -hmm. um, so you kind of coasted on your natural ability. Yeah, exactly, that's what I was trying right, to say. Right, <laughs> I see. But yeah, I mean, that's what it's all about anyways. It's about, about it's music is all about emotion anyway, so you just want to play what you feel and what you hear, right? Mm -hmm. So, and all the other stuff is just ways to let you do that. Like all mm -hmm. the theory, all the technique, that's just tools to, uh, to, right. help, to help with that, right? Right, right. Sometimes it's hard, um, and then I kind of switched, because then I started learning all this theory, at school, all this theory and all the rules and everything, because I, at first year Hummer, I'm going to admit, this is a, I didn't even know a blues, I didn't even know what a 12 bar blues was, I couldn't even write out a form of a B flat blues. Mm. So, you know, trying to struggle with all that, trying to then switch my brain to do all the stuff that I learned, you know, or, and, and kind of forgetting, like, you know, forgetting about using my ear and, and then trying to switch to all the, mm -hmm. all the, uh, the, the, academic stuff was mm. a bit of a struggle for me but right and then eventually it also starts to come together right and then that's, mm. that's where the magic happens <laughs> <laughs> so uh so was your ear kind of natural for you or do you, did you have to develop your ear training like uh how did that kind of come about um well like i said um for in, in a lot of ways it came natural to me when i first started playing like i um those of you who might know uh Mo Kaufman was my is my grandfather, so I, I grew up with uh, um, hearing a lot of that stuff. And then you know when I was in grade nine, the first uh, when I first stopped listening to you know ninety two point five hits, uh, I started really getting into. It was actually just just after he passed away, I started to get into listening to his CDs a lot, right? Because I, I just started playing saxophone and getting interested in it. So I started lifting. I started to just you know play a lot of the some of the melodies off of his you know latest mm -hmm. record just by ear, mm -hmm. right? And um, uh, and that was kind of the first thing I, I, I started doing, you know, beside, uh, that wasn't just playing my, my grade nine concert band uh, piece, you know, with the rest of the band. Right. So, um, in terms of my ear, yeah, I was just learning bits and pieces by ear. Um, and it, it, yeah, it felt really natural, mm -hmm. especially kind of because, you know, I, I had his, <laughs> it sounds kind of scary, but I had his saxophone and I, like, I was listening to his sound and everything, so I was trying to copy exactly what was happening there. Yeah. So that was a really good start in terms of kind of going with uh, just just pure music, just, you know, not reading or anything, just just trying to copy what I hear and, mm -hmm. and reproduce it. And so, do you have a very musical family? Are much of your family musicians? Yeah, like, well, my, so, Mo Kaufman was my dad's dad and my mom's dad is, uh, Still going strong in '91, Victor Feldbrill, who is um, um, a, a maestro. He's a conductor. Mm -hmm. um, he taught, you know. It, well, there, you could check out his bio. At uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, he's got a, actually. It's a, he, there was just a, a biography written um, about him, about his life, uh, by Walter Pittman. You can search for it. At Victor Feldbrill, conductor extraordinaire. Uh -huh. But he conducted the Toronto Symphony Orchestra and the Winnip Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra and, and taught at the university in, in Japan, all over Japan for years. And so he's very, they both have the Order of Canada in music. Wow. Yep. And they both worked with Ella Fitzgerald. So I could probably say I'm one of the only people in the world who is both grandfathers worked with Ella Fitzgerald. I think. Right. <laughs> Neat. Uh, among lots of, many others. But uh, yeah, so there's that, there was that whole music. You know, I grew up going to see the TSO. I grew up, you know, going to the Boss Brass on, uh, mm -hmm. you know, at Nathan Phillips Square. So there was lots of music. Mm. growing up so yeah like I said uh, it was kind of well it's I think it's in my genes and I I, I definitely you know the ear thing back to the ear I, I grew up you know just hearing all that stuff so mm -hmm. I'm, I'm blessed I'm a very lucky guy yeah mm -hmm. uh, right and so but you didn't come to the saxophone till a later age right yeah, yeah I didn't start playing really well I, I didn't start playing until I had to it um, 
at, at, you know, my junior high school in grade seven. Grade oh, grade eight. seven, okay. So yeah. that's pretty standard. Yeah, actually. exactly, like 14. I, I started out, I had to start on clarinet first when I was 13. Right. And then I wanted, well, I wanted to play saxophone because mm-hmm. I just, I, I liked it a lot. And I saw my grandfather playing it. So, yeah, I had to start on clarinet, uh, which I really loved as well. And then I, we had an audition for saxophone at the end of grade seven. Mm-hmm. So by grade eight, I think I learned my first, I learned a B, which is just your first finger in your left hand. Right, right. <laughs> so I just started in grade, yeah, grade eight. So I was 14 years old. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And uh, and then your your parents' generation, your dad, the trumpet player, right? Is yes, my yeah. dad is trumpet player, yeah. He um, grew up, you know, with all the, it's funny because he grew up, he went to Humber, you know, the first year it was open. Wow. Kind of, you know, was in the same class as like, you know, Al Kay and John Johnson, Kirk, um, around the same age group as all of my teachers and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy, you know, growing up hearing all the stories that he mm-hmm. has and like, you know, just seeing them play and then, you know, being able to study with them and now be, you know, you know, I, I get to play with them even sometimes. So mm-hmm. it's, it's like, it's been a crazy adventure. I'm, uh, I'm at a point where I'm very happy now that I've kind of crossed, crossed that line where I can almost say like, it's almost like a dream come true. It's like a fantasy. I used to think, man, will I ever get to, I wonder if I'll ever get to play with these guys, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, of course. Like, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, my dad is a trumpet player, back to that. Um, he went to Humber and he played in lots of bands. I think he did some stuff with Lighthouse for a little while. Mm-hmm. And he was in Manteca, you know, with right. and John back yeah. in the day. And, um, but he still picks it up once in a while. Um, I have to really kind of drag it out of him. I try to get him to come sit in at my Rex gigs and right. stuff. But he, uh, it's different for trumpet. If he hasn't played for, like, let's say, a couple months, then... It's uh he's got to kind of build back up to it. So, but anyways, he still loves to play and right. But he kind of took a different career path. Right. So, so would you say Mo's a big big influence on your sound, like the way you play? That's I think so. I try. It definitely was. I mean, well, it, yeah. Of course it is, and it always will mm-hmm. be. But I try to kind of steer away from it now, just because I did it so much when I was younger, and I don't mm-hmm. want to kind of try to sound exactly like him. Obviously, you want to do but, your own thing. Yeah, I want to do my own thing. I like to try to listen to a lot of other players as well, and, mm-hmm. and get stuff from them. As well, but definitely he's a you know I always think about him and like you know mm. try to get inspiration and I always wish that he was just alive a little bit longer so I could have gotten a little more yeah a little more you know help I'd say mm-hmm. I did get a couple of clarinet lessons from him um, oh you did when I before I even played saxophone yeah great so that really helped him uh, you know just taught me the basics like very fundamental stuff that has helped me all the way through in terms of getting a good sound right like mm. embouchure and and using a lot of air and um, you know, so that was a big help. I, I'll always mm-hmm. remember those lessons. So that's, that's something very striking about your playing. Actually, you have a mm. big sound on the alto. Yeah. Oh, like you. we're, you know, I've always been, like loud. You yeah, know? it's like too loud. Well, that's a new. No, it's not too loud. <laughs> I mean, it's it's great. It's beautiful. It's like you know, I think of PJ Perry at the Rex oh, and how like off mic he's just fills up the whole room. Mm-hmm. And you get the same feeling from your playing. You know. Yeah, that's what you want to say. You say make those fuckers hear it from the back of the room. Who says that? I think my dad said that a couple times. Oh, nice. But. Uh, yeah, yeah that's, you want to fill the room with your sound. That's that's kind of what Mo taught me when I was young, just okay. to really, you know, vibrate that reed and use a lot of air. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's something that I, I teach my, my students on day one as well. Mm-hmm. So that will stick with me forever, for sure. Mm-hmm. And tell me about the horn. Um, well, this is a Selmer Mark VI alto saxophone, um, which was Mo's, of course. He played it, you know, with the boss brass and... All of, all of the records and stuff. Wow. So I was luckily, actually, another story. I keep talking about uh, Mo. I, just, I apologize, but my grandmother, well, his, uh, my step grandmother, Mo's second wife, G- uh, Giselle. She right after he passed away, she gave it to me on loan, mm-hmm. right? Because, um, um, you know, I think it was supposed to get donated to some sort of like museum or something like that, or some sort of archive or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, she lent it to me and said, as long as you become a musician, you can, you can keep playing it. And then a, a couple of years ago, she came to, to a gig, or recent, somewhat recently she came to a gig and said, okay, it's yours now, you can have it. So I was oh, like, <laughs> that's great. That was a big deal for me. Yeah. Beautiful. So, but yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful horn. It's, um, what year? I'm actually not even sure what the year is. Um, truthfully, I'm not really a gear guy <laughs> like, oh. compared to a lot of other people. Um, but I think it's late sixties, early seventies. The serial number is one, four, one, eight, oh, nine. All right. So if anybody wants to get back to me on that, what the year is. Um, I used to know, I knew at one point. Mm-hmm. But right. um, yeah, it's, I just love it. It's, I've been using it since grade nine, grade 10. So. Well, and have you ever tried other horns just to see what they're like? Or? Yeah, I had a, a another, like a backup Yamaha that I used to have, but I got rid of it. I sold it to one of my students, so I just yeah. have this one for now. It's just not the same. It's just not the same, yeah. I, I really should have more horns. I, eventually, I think I'll, 
I'll, I'll keep this one, you know, for safe keepings and, and try to get into another one. Yeah. Um, but uh, for now, uh, yeah, I love it. I, I'm just really used to it. I feel, I feel very comfortable on it. Mm -hmm. And uh, But my, you know, my tenor, I just for all I have uh, Yamahas for pretty much everything else. I got a Yamaha tenor and a Yamaha soprano, Yamaha flute, but I'm going to get a new flute soon, I hope. Um, Great. And uh, yeah, clarinet. Actually, the, my clarinet is from Mo as well. Um, it's a very old wooden buffet clarinet. Uh -huh. um, so I think it's from like the 40s or something. It's quite old, but it's a beautiful clarinet as well. Right. I, well, I'd love to see you play all your doubles. Sometime. I know. Me too. You know, yeah. for sure. I know. Uh, yeah. yeah. Got to play. That's one thing. I got to. Got to play more tenor, more spread, and more flute these days. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. And so uh, you made a record. I did. Yeah. Yeah. It's over over two years ago already. I can't Is believe it. Is it two years? Like I've Is that two years when you recorded it? In I recorded it. In when May, did you release it? May 2013. It just was released uh, October 22nd, 2014. Okay. So cool. the release was about uh, almost a year ago, but right. about 11 months. Yeah. Right. That so was what's, that, what's that album called? It's just called the, I've thought of, uh, tried to think of a name for a long time. I settled on Jake Kaufman Quartet, how original. Right. So, <clears throat> yeah, because anyways. So it's the Jay Kaufman Quartet. It's available on iTunes, right? Uh, CD Baby, you know, everywhere that they sell music on online. Yeah. Um, Spotify and everything. So, but that was like one of my dream come true things. But I said I got to. I grew up listening to Bernie Sinensky and Neil Swainson on on some of those records and stuff, and I could pretty much sing along with all their solos and everything. And then mm. the fact that I, you know, got to have them on my record was amazing, along with Morgan Childs. So it's. Bernie Snetsky, Morgan Childs, and Neil Swainson mm -hmm. recorded at Canterbury, yeah, May 2013, and was released a year ago. And I'm getting ready to make another one soon. I'm oh. just in the works. I'm I'm thinking about what's what it's going to be, and mm -hmm. I'm very excited and looking forward to doing Great. it. Great, mm -hmm. good. So, what was the music on this first album? Um, it was a collection. Of, it was mostly it's um, mostly original material by different people in the band. I wrote one of the tunes. Um, I think two of them are from Bernie Snetsky. Uh -huh. One of them was contributed by Morgan Childs. One of them was um, Mo Mo Kaufman tune, um, and then there's two standards. So it's a total of seven tracks. Mm -hmm. um, the two standards are Laura and Quicksilver by Horace Silver. Oh wow! Yeah, sweet. So yeah. Um, how did you like the process of recording? I mean, first albums. Uh, I don't know. My for me, my first album, I I'm like, oh man, I wish I could do that again. <laughs> I wish I could have a do over. You know, but how did you feel your first time well, doing your own record? Pretty much the same thing. I mean, I was I was so freaked out. I uh, I just really wanted to get a, a record out, and I mm -hmm. <laughs> I got the tunes as you know as fast as I not as fast as I could, but you know I think about sometimes I wish I had uh, put a little more mm. more and more effort into it. Well, not effort, but a little more planning. I, I had the tunes about a couple weeks before we went in. I had a I, you know it was my first time doing my own project, especially mm -hmm. my own jazz pro um, project, um, especially with going to the studio for the first time doing that with Bernie Sinensky and Neil Swainson and Morgan, right? So I had a little bit of nerves, clearly. Mm -hmm. um, but it's one of the best learning experiences, you know, you can have going doing that. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I had um, I had two, about two weeks to, to practice the tunes. We had one quick rehearsal, and then a couple days later we were in the studio and I just, <laughs> mm -hmm. I did my best, but... Um, like I said, it's a great learning experience. I now for the second one, I, I know a little bit more what I yeah. How, do. So what's the plan for the second one? How's that going to be different? How are you gonna, well, I like to it? really have a concept. I like to really have a you know a style and a sound. I think beforehand, as opposed to just picking some tunes and playing them and recording them. Right. Which is great too. I mean, you know, you can, that's, there's nothing wrong with it. And music is just music. I, you know, if it's good, it's good. Mm -hmm. But I'd like to have, you know, a better idea um, musically of what kind of style I'm going for mm. and um, I'd like to have the tunes picked out well in advance. I'd like to have some more original material. Mm -hmm. um, of your own original. Of my own original. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Sorry. And yeah, and I just want to have be, I just want to feel more relaxed going to the studio because that's the main thing. You can't be nervous. Nerves are the enemy mm. um, making music, you know. So um, just want to try to be as relaxed as possible and prepared as possible and play with guys who I, you know, I feel comfortable with and right. yeah I think it'll, it makes the it, you can feel it you can hear the music when, yeah. when, you're, when you're more relaxed you know there's so, so much pressure when you go into the studio for like one or two days mm -hmm. to make something that's going to basically represent your sound for a year or exactly. more exactly yeah you know it's, <laughs> it's a lot of pressure it's crazy you know but the way I did it when I just recorded my record is 
and I thought this really worked for me is I booked a, a month of gigs at the Rex mm. weekly on the Wednesdays. Exactly. And I so I went in with my trio and you know I picked the music in advance of that and then we played the album every week for five weeks actually yeah. we got five weeks out of that month and uh, you know by the end um, totally off book playing it from memory uh, you know honing mm -hmm. it in front of an audience it really worked for me and then I, when I went to the studio I just like I felt really good it was really easy to get everything down first takes second takes you know mm -hmm. that's yeah. the that's, I think that's the perfect way to do it to approach it you know yeah. especially when, when the music's nice and internalized like that you know you get you're excited to play it as opposed to Oh no, we're doing this one now. Oh god! Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah that's uh, is the perfect way to do it. I think that's what I'm trying to do next time on the copier idea. Get, mm. get that. Yeah. Yeah. Always, it's always nice to have a, a string of gigs. You know. Before. Yeah. I mean, we didn't even rehearse. I almost feel like gigs are. It's a different kind of thing, right? Like mm -hmm. trying to make it work in front of an audience. Something about that just makes shit get real. Exactly. You know? I don't know. That's what I learned. Um, do you feel like playing another tune? Of course. Yeah. What do you want to do this time? Oh. You want to yeah. do the sunny side? Yeah, okay. That was the, our other option. I think let's do that one. Of course, it is a sunny, beautiful day today, so it's a, I think it's a, a good time to play it. Oh, yeah. How about in the, in the key of C? C, beautiful. Like it's originally meant to be. All right. All right.
that beautiful playing, Nate. Nice. Killing Thank that you. as always, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. Always love to play with you. I love playing with you too, man. Yeah, That's really thanks. great, man. Yeah. We've done this for what? A couple years? A few Start years band. we played together? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Ever since I, the first time since uh, when I came to sit in with you guys at Joe Mama's. Ah, yes. Which is one of my favorite things uh, to do in the city of Toronto. Mm. Guys, everybody, Sunday night, <laughs> 6 to 10, Joe Mama's, the Nathan nice. Hills Organ Trio. Well, thank you for the Either plug. Way. Yeah, thank you oh, for the man. plug, yeah. Well, it's great you. to have you down. Like, it just, uh, it's nice to feel like there's a little bit of a community thing happening, you know? It's oh, fun totally. to play. And have people sit in, you know. Mm -hmm. But our first gigs, I think we did, were at like Magpie, right? Yes, I probably, bar. yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, Magpie, the little bar across the street from my old apartment. Right. Um, right. So, yeah, that was fun. You know, playing to. Um, oh, it was actually it's a nice little stage. You know, it smells it smells like beer and everything, and it's yeah. like a nice dingy place. It's so, it's perfect for playing some jazz. So yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So Thanks what, for doing it. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> uh, so I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about your influences on the horn and maybe who you're, you know, what you're really reaching for in terms of a sound uh, on the horn. But like, you know, the players that maybe have inspired you and what you've learned. Yeah, I think my number one inspiration of all time would have to be Cannonball Adderley because mm -hmm. he's just too darn good, you know? Right. It's just like pure joy listening to him, especially, you know, a couple tracks like the ballad Lover Man. I, I think that's the, uh, that's like the the Beethoven's Ninth Symphony of the Jazz World. It's like, oh man, it's just perfect. I don't even know how somebody could, could do that. Um, so, yeah, Cannonball Adderley, num um, number one. I, I, it's hard to get it, even get him out of my head when I'm trying to play. Like, I, I, I feel like I've just listened to so much. I've lifted a bunch of his solos, and um, it's hard to, to not try to play like him. Like, you know, the yeah. guys, like that whole kind of style, like Phil Woods and Vincent Herring, Cannonball, like all those those badass alto players. You know, there's a bluesiness, right? Yes, yeah, so I like that. That's what I love. I love yeah. that. Yeah, that that soulful kind of, you know, deep feel. It's just right. the, the, that's what does it for me. That's yeah. what I strive for. You can definitely hear that in your playing. Oh, thank you. Know? you. Well, that's a huge. Um, like, uh, yeah, Cannonball. Though the thing about Cannonball is he's so himself. Like mm -hmm. when you hear Cannonball, you immediately. Boom. Yeah, like that. No, it's him. Exactly. But then, like, uh, that, that becomes problematic when you reach for that, because then it's like, oh, it's the cannibal thing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I try to I'll try to play way too much, too many notes, or way too, you know, too many things, because that's just what I hear, because I've listened to so much of it, mm. and then I kind of step on my own feet, you know. But, you know, it's, you can't try to play like Cannibal. It's exactly, he's his own thing, and, right. you know, I got to do my own thing. But You can always go to become a spacious player in your 50s or 60s, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, right now, <laughs> fill up the notes, and then later, you know, chill exactly. out and play more melodic or something. Exactly. Yeah. But, but like with yeah. Cannibal, how do you even approach that? Because he's, it's so busy. I mean, mm. how do you even get to that? I mean, well, um, slowing it down helps. <laughs> mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I do. I mean, it's more his style. Like, it's hard to, there's a lot of, you know, ghost notes and certain things like that that are just hard. You can't write it down. You know, solos that are impossible to notate, in, in my opinion. Mm. Um, you just gotta just listen a million times and just try to, in terms of, you know, lifting lifting it um just try to get in your ear and just try to copy what he's doing mm. um so it's like more of a feel thing i like think it's more like of a feel a thing subconscious yeah. understanding or something well like of course that. and he plays the shit out of the horn too like he's got yeah he's just technical monster and um if you've ever listened to hop and john or like um uh -huh. any of those really fast fast tunes um that just just destroying you know right. eight notes at a really fast tempo through the whole thing sounds like he doesn't even breathe you know like um but um yeah he's just he's just the best but um yeah you just gotta slow it down if you if you need to to hear all the all the, the little all the nuances and all the mm -hmm. little things he's doing mm -hmm. and um just practice your ass right. off you know and it's it's a little strange to me sometimes like think of someone like cannibal because it sounds wild right mm -hmm. it kind of sounds wild and just like um balls of the wall kind of mm -hmm. thing but behind that sort of wildness is actually a, there must be a calm precision there to be able to execute all that stuff. Oh, for sure. Like I with mean, the hands. And... Yeah. Well, he's just master. He just he's a master of the of the saxophone, you know. So mm. it's just like it, it feels as if it's just second. That's what he he's just talking. He's speaking. Well, he's singing through his horn. Obviously, mm. he doesn't need to think about it. His his body just does it right. So mm. that that's also the what I strive for. Like I want to just. I would like to feel like it's a uh, part of my body, right? Right. Yeah. Like you just—it's an extension of your, your voice, right? Right. right. I heard Chris Potter say one time. Cool. <laughs> it was also a big influence of mine. Right. 
And uh, yeah, and so who else? Like, uh, is that who you're studying right now? Is that what you? Yeah, well, no. I mean, truthfully, right. Actually, I've been listening to a lot of uh, Sunny Stick. Oh, uh, really? also like it's the same kind of thing, right? Right. Sunny's more of like closer to sounding to Charlie Parker, you know, um, than than Cannonball. But uh, still, I mean, I mean, it's all very similar. Sunny mm. Stick, a huge influence. Charlie Parker, Cannonball. Uh, tenor players, I mean, I grew up same, around the same time in grade nine. I, one of the first saxophonists I got into was Michael Brecker, of course, like, mm. like a lot of us. Right. Just love, I couldn't, I loved the, his technical ability and like he could just do, just shreds, you know, uh-huh. almost like a, like a, like a rock guitar player, you know? Yeah. He just, oh, he just, he just really uh, hits the spot for me. Uh, Brecker, I love, um, Dexter Gordon. I love Sonny Rollins, you know, I'm starting to get more into Sonny Rollins these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always the same process, just like listening a just lot, listening, yeah. and then trying to let it come out, or trying to get it, trying to hear that, and then play it on the horn. Exactly, and like just trying to get, you know, certain players have s- certain qualities, you know, that you may like, and just to try to get little bits and uh, bits and pieces from everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know, Sonny Rollins just is like a just you know a master improviser, but his rhythmic sense is, is amazing, and his, his ideas are you know very sometimes be very, very motif based and mm-hmm. very rhythmic and you know that's a whole way to a different way to approach improvising as well um you know like dexter gordon just his sound and it's just the way he like lays back on his you know on his eighth notes and the way he just phrase just phrasing uh, you know um vocabulary everything just lots of there's so many so much stuff to take from everybody right there's mm-hmm. endless amounts of yeah. knowledge to be gained it is so endless i know and uh, and in terms of like playing wise, uh, what kind of what what do you want from your uh, comping instruments? Uh, that's something like a lot of the listeners of this podcast are actually guitarists. Mm. So I was wondering, um, as a horn player, like what are you looking to hear from the person that's comping for you? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, generally, I just like, you know, um, not too busy. Obviously, is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Like, um, just to kind of. Just give you a nice, a nice bed, to, a nice pillow to just to lie on, you know, like. A, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to explain. Hmm. Um, just to be able to hear, just I, I like it. Well, the way where I'm at right now, I like to be able to hear kind of exactly what's happening. I don't like try to be screwed around too much, you know. Right. I don't try to do any fancy t- sort of time stuff, like to try to throw me off, you know. Right. If, right. Especially if I'm not comfortable on the tune, if I don't know it that well, I'd rather like just just keep it simple, just. Um, yeah, nice time, just clear chords, clear, mm-hmm. nice voicings, and right. So groove, just work like with a groove, nice groove, groove, exactly. I nice love groove and band, right? All about groove, yeah. Right. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's like the class, like the classic sort of conception, like the yeah. Miles Davis rhythm section and exactly. Wayne Kelly or or Red Garland or whatever. That kind mm-hmm. of just swinging background. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love that's what I like. I like just like a nice pocket, you know, to a nice, nice swing feel, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I do like everything. Like I, you know, right. Not to say. Don't do whatever else you're doing, but right. You know, that's what the way about interaction. Like, I mean, I find with grooving, like interaction can be more subtle. Like maybe mm-hmm. following the energy level of the source, but not necessarily a whole lot of like getting into weird pedals or time things. Right. Which I, which I, yeah, I do like that as well. But yeah, totally. Just kind of follow the energy. That's that's a good mm. way to put it. Just kind of, just stay. Just listen to what I'm doing and mm-hmm. kind of yeah, try to try to match it a little bit and. In terms of uh, in terms of energy, right, right. And um, have you mostly played in small groups, or have you done any big band work? Uh, well, I've I done a lot. Actually, when I was at Humber, I did mostly big band stuff. Oh, okay. was kind of. Well, I was in the Humber Studio Jazz Ensemble uh, for three years. Mm-hmm. I was in a couple small groups as well, but I did mostly big band stuff. Which was, I mean, I wanted to do a lot more small and small ensemble stuff because that's you know more what I'm doing these days, and I knew that I was going to end up doing in the future, but. Um, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I didn't get, I didn't really start doing more, more small jazz ensemble until, until I graduated really and mm-hmm. kind of formed my own bands and had sessions and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So you must, uh, I mean, having a father and a grandfather that played, uh, back in the day, you must be privy to a, like a lot of stories about larger groups that were active, like, you know, big bands and, mm-hmm. you know, that, and that's not so much happening anymore, oh, yeah. I guess for us. So do you miss that we, you know, are you sad that you're not having that experience necessarily? <laughs> Uh, like uh, yeah, totally. I mean, 
yeah, it's it's so much different these days than what of course than what it used to be, you know. Yeah. I did get to have one fun like yeah, like for example when I was in the at Humber, we got the big band got to do an eight day tour of England, right? Oh right. And that was like one of the most fun things I've ever done in my life, I'll remember forever. You know, wow. it was when I was in third year, uh, yeah. great group of great band and we just had such a blast, you know, playing in a different new town every day. We have mm. so many funny stories and yeah, that would be that's the life, you know. Uh, to be sad that that doesn't really happen anymore. I mean, with smaller bands, of course, people tour, but yeah, something something extra special about touring mm. with a big band. And it's kind of like a big, like a baseball team together. or something like that. Exactly, it's like right. a big team. Exactly, right? it is a team. Yeah, yeah. You're all working together to, to make one sound, right? And yeah. just, the band just becomes tight as you become, you know become closer. The, I feel like the music gets better and everything, and good mm -hmm. vibes all around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, they, they did a lot. Boss Brass toured a lot from, you know, I think, you know, they went, did a, went all over the place. Oh, Grammys, right? Yeah, exactly. That's one Grammys, California, yeah. everywhere, yeah. Yeah. All right, so is Jake Kaufman big band for the third album, maybe? Oh, yeah, for sure. I just <laughs> need um, a couple mil from, um, from, um, from, from Canada Council. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Be, a couple million, that, that should be enough <laughs> for a big band, you know? Yeah, exactly. Get a big band going to pay everybody, yeah. Um, cool. So, uh, when do you plan to record the next album? I'd like to this year from you know some point before next summer would be great. Mm -hmm. Great, <laughs> like I said, I still have a lot of work to do on it, but um, it's just in the in the brain right now. Right. So, but I would like to get it going. Yeah, start uh, really getting stuff down and and sometime before uh, before summer. Maybe. Right. Great. Yeah, I haven't. I don't know when I would release really it. But you know, I'm getting there. Great. I'll cross that path when I, when I come to it. Right, so get the music going first. Exactly, get yeah. the music out there. That's great. Get my concept. All right, man, well, um, why don't you let us know, is there any gigs you have coming up that you'd like to let people know about? Um, yeah, well, this month uh, is, is a bit slow, but um, I will definitely uh, keep you keep you posted. Okay. Yeah, i got more and more private things, more and yeah. more. Do you more have a website? Uh, I do, I have my domain, and my, my website is being built right now, so that's jakekaufman.com. Right. www.jakekaufman.com. I also have a Facebook page. That's um, just search for Jake Kaufman on Facebook. Jake Kaufman right. Music. Right. Um, and yeah. so you'll be posting all your gigs to those. Yeah, I do exactly. I post Great. everything there. Um, I, I expect some uh, lots of stuff coming up. So Great. I'll keep you all posted. Awesome, man. Thanks for the hang. Yeah. Thank you yeah. very much for having me. It's been a blast. Yeah. Um, I think this is a great thing you're doing. You know? And uh, yeah, it's sweet. I'm yeah. glad I'm honored to be. Part yeah. Of that. Well, let's let's play one more tune and uh, and call it a day. All right. What should we do? Um, what do you feel like? You want to do more better, more better blues? Okay, fine. That's yeah. kind of our big. Why the that's heck? our set ender from exactly. Why usually the, when we. Why play. not? Yeah. Why not? I thought, I think it's a good one. What key is it in again? I think it's an F. F. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. I'll do my best. This is, mm. tune's by Terrence Blanchard, right? Yes. Yeah. All right. Let's you do take, it. maybe take around, take around once or just sure. both, right? Yeah. Thank you. 
Perfect. Yeah. Nice, man. Thank, Thank you very you. much, Nathan. Yeah, dude. Have a great rest of the day. Thank you. You too. Hi, and thanks for listening to the Body Electric Podcast. My name is Nathan Hiltz, and my guest today was Jake Kaufman. Um, before we go, I wanted to let you know about some shows that I have coming up around town. Uh, you can hear me tonight, Thursday the 17th, at Motel, uh, which is right at Dufferin and Queen. I play solo guitar there every Thursday night. Um, this Saturday and every Saturday, you can hear me at Joe Mama's, uh, which is 317 King Street West, uh, right in the Entertainment District with my organ group. Um, and then uh, this Tuesday, uh, September 22nd, I'll be playing the Jazz Bistro uh, with uh, the great singer Lily Frost. Uh, so yeah, if you come on out, uh, it'd be great to see you. Say hi. And uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.